Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning and welcome to this morning's Biz How To segment. You're with Lin Lee and Ryan. Ryan, what kind of meat do you, you know, want to fork out good money for? Yeah, when I think about meat, the most expensive would typically be beef. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Me too. I love my beef. But did you know that chicken used to be one of the most expensive meats, at least in Rwanda, Africa? Yeah, so this is quite confusing to me. I would expect it to be one of the cheapest, as you would see in most places, mm. because it's quite readily available. And to rear it, it I don't think costs as much. Mm. Well, because poultry was so costly in Rwanda, one enterprising Singaporean actually decided to trade her heels and skirts for boots and khakis to start Rwanda's first integrated poultry farm. Yeah, so this segment of Biz How To is not just Biz How To Start a Business in Rwanda, it's a Biz How To Start a Farm, a chicken <laughs> farm. So a lot to learn today from Lam Shumei. She is the Managing Director of Poultry East Africa. Good morning. All right, let's start Thanks things off first. Uh, okay, so we are trying to paint a picture here for our listeners. When we talk about an integrated chicken farm that you have right now, what sort of size are we looking at? What sort of picture can you paint for us? Okay, so basically we, we run with various divisions, right? Um, we have our own seed mill, we have our own farm, we have our own processing, we have our own coaching, we've got our own retail. In terms of size, we have the capacity to produce about 10,000 chickens a week. This is very small compared to the rest of the world, but with this number, we it does bring us to be the biggest poultry farm in, in Rwanda. Oh, okay. So that's an interesting thought. A poultry farm in Rwanda. So let's start from the beginning. Why do you even decide to take a big step to go to Rwanda and then start a chicken farm? Right. So my dad first took me there in 2011. Our previous company was uh, called Pottech, which was a pot operations company. And he took me there in 2011 because we had acquired the country's dry port. And when I was there, I was very fascinated when I was walking around the warehouses, noting how everything had to be imported from all around the world. Mm. Mm. And this made me think, how could we help the country with boosting you know, food security and general nutrition? When we were also there, we realized that chicken was the most expensive meat in the market. And it's supposed to be the cheapest meat in the market because of the quick turnaround time. Yet, it was so expensive that, that people will only eat it once a year for a special occasion. And the reason for this was supply and demand. Because back then, there were no commercial farms because there were no other supporting businesses in the value chain. So again, it was a chicken and egg situation. <laughs> so we decided, okay, if we want to help to grow the industry and feed the people, we're going to have to take a holistic approach to mm. the sector. And that's how our company, Peel, was started. Mm-hmm. with the mission of providing affordable and accessible meat proteins to the country and beyond. Unfortunately, soon after we started the project, my dad was diagnosed with a terminal illness and he passed away before we started operations. Mm. But this and still is my ultimate motivation to make this a success, you know, to honour his legacy. Mm. Shume, Africa is known for its safaris and perhaps poverty in some parts of the region. It all still sounds rather crazy though, a Singaporean in Africa trying to lower chicken prices. When you first set up your chicken farm in Rwanda, how did the locals take to the idea? Yeah, to be honest, when I, I was a little nervous before starting this because there was quite a lot of negativity towards 
Chinese mm. business people going into other parts of Africa and so-called stealing, you know, the farmers' livelihood. But, you know, to my surprise, the locals were actually very excited um, mm. because Rwanda's been positioning themselves to be the Singapore of Africa. And the president regularly talks about the Singapore success story in his speeches. So being Singaporean brings actually a lot of positive association. And further to that, we've also pivoted our rearing business to contract farming. We currently work with over 230 small-scale mm. farmers, which allows us to scale whilst ensuring fair inclusion for other farmers and also furthers our social impact. So in this case, they were very receptive towards this idea. Yeah, that's great to hear, Shumi. So give us an idea as well. When you talk about prices, chicken prices in the beginning being very expensive, how much are you looking at? Where is it right now? And also, how does it compare with what is typically, what were the cheapest meat back then? The cheapest meat is typically, funnily enough, beef and goat. Um, Because these are not farmed on a commercial scale. In the past, before I went there, uh, per kg of chicken would be about 8 US dollars. And we have since halved that. Wow. Well, that's going to go some ways towards making things more affordable. Now, you're setting this up as a bit of a social enterprise per se, but I'm sure there is a lot to balance when it comes to managing a business. Give us an idea, you know, the challenge of setting things up. What was some of the more pressing issues in the beginning? I imagine you had to figure out where to set up shop in the first place. Yeah, I mean, the land acquisition was actually the hardest part of the process mm-hmm. because, um, you know, Rwanda is a small country like Singapore. So finding a big plot of land uh, takes a long time. That actually took us a, a year and a half. And after we did set up shop, you know, because due to the landlocked nature of the country, um, importing things also take much longer time and cost a lot more. Uh, supply of utilities as well. Um, whilst much better than the rest of the continent, um, we do continue to face disruptions as well. So things generally take a lot longer and cost a lot more to get done there. Yeah, should we talking about uh, things taking a lot longer? What about the challenge of logistics, transporting the poultry, for example? When looking at you know the integration side of the business, we also came up with our own cold chain. So it was necessary for us to purchase our own cold shucks. Yeah, it does sound like you really had to start a lot of things from scratch. Now, looking back on your journey so far, what would you say most surprised you? Would you have done anything differently for someone, perhaps a Singaporean business, thinking, hey, maybe I want to check out Rwanda? Oh, maybe I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, it's it's a it's a challenging one because you know I had built very complex production and financial models which I had learned at business school, mm. and you know, of course, I had to throw it out from day one. You know, things do not always go according to plan. You know, the market is small, it's volatile. There's no accurate data available, so a lot of things are really done by sense mm. and experience. Ah. So you managed to break even for a reasonable number of times since your farm opened. Did you think right from the start that your business was going to be sustainable in the long term? Yeah, I did. I did. Like I said, um, you know, in, in the models that I had built, we were, we were supposed to be highly profitable. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of factors that, you know, you, you cannot quantify. And, you know, a lot of unexpected things happen. And a lot of delays happen. So um, this had, had put us quite a bit back. For a while. Okay. So what surprised you most about your journey so far? Um, I think that it's once in a while I I come to the realization that I actually have built the largest poultry farm in Rwanda <laughs> and you know that 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 is quite uh, amusing to me. 
Yeah. Okay. When it comes to managing other things like labor, regulations, what should someone going into Rwanda be aware of, I guess, to keep their eyes open for? Yeah, they, they should definitely be on the ground, you know, um, learn, learn from being on the ground. That's the best experience that they have. Labor, it's, you know, it's, it's still a quite a young country, so it is challenging finding um, equally skilled labor that you would have in, in Singapore. And in terms of regulations, you know, they are also, the government is still formulating um, the regulations along the way. But, you know, they, they've been extremely helpful and they have this equivalent called the Rwanda Development Board there, which mm-hmm. is their one-stop center. Mm-hmm. So for any investors, that's where you go to ask questions um, and they are sort of the key conduit between the private sector and the public sector. Okay, uh, for someone with a business background, I'm sure you have some ideas as well. So if someone comes up to you right now to ask you what other business ideas will sell in Rwanda, which sectors would you point them to? I think there's still a lot of opportunities um, in almost every sector. Uh, I think because of the landlocked situation, the key thing is to focus on the high-value, hard-margin um, stuff for exports. Rwanda's positioning itself as the aviation hub of Africa because it's centrally located in the continent. So mm. anything that is worth air freighting is feasible. And I think you might have heard that there's been a ban on plastics in plastic bags since 2008. Mm-hmm. So any environmentally friendly packaging solutions would definitely be, be welcome. Um, education, of course, because of the young population. And, you know, affordable housing is also an area that is a, it's a large focus. There is also a fellow Singaporean based there called Sarah Un, who, who's, who's focusing on developing that. Mm. All right. I'm looking at the size of Rwanda. It's about 13.2 million people. It can actually fit 37 Singapores in Rwanda. So not <laughs> as small as you described, but I guess on a relative basis, it's the fourth smallest country in the African mainland. So lots of opportunities that you outlined, so a lot of um, interesting things to explore. Yes, indeed. indeed. It's a beautiful country to visit as well. I highly encourage tourism. All right. Thank you very much for your time this morning, Shumei. Thank you very much for having me. We've been speaking with Lam Shumei, Managing Director of Poultry East Africa Limited. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.